Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. It's good to be here. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, my name's John. I'd like to add my welcome to you all here, especially any guests that we have here today. Um, now, over the course of this summer, we've been going through a preaching series looking at the subject of singing. So a couple of weeks ago, Tony kicked things off when he spoke on how we are created, commanded, and compelled to sing. And then just last week, Tom spoke on how we are to sing with our heart and our mind. And today, I'm going to be picking up the subject of singing, where we're going to look at sing with the people you share your life with. And I think some slides will be coming on the screen in a moment. Now, when I was asked to speak today, and I discovered that the, se- the series we were going to be going through was all about singing, I have to admit, I was quite happy. The reason for this is I actually like to sing all the time. I sing in my car, I sing in the shower, I sing around the house. I'm just a singer. I love to sing. Now, I think my singing rubs off on my kids as well. I've got four young children. I've got Leah, who's nine, twin boys, Zach and Josh, who are seven, and Scarlett, who's three. And as I say, I think it's rubbing off on them as well, because they quite often will join in with me as I sing, and then they're beginning to sing their own songs as well. Lou, my wife, um, she often gets involved when I sing. Sadly, it's more often than not to tell me to stop, but that's, uh, that's okay. I understand we've got our musical differences. But the thing is, as much as I love to sing, I'm actually not a confident singer. So outside of singing in those like, you know, small, secure settings of the shower or the car, you're actually unlikely to hear me sing. I've never done karaoke before, and there's certainly no plans at the moment to be doing X Factor or anything like that. But as we've heard of over the last few weeks, the Bible speaks a lot about singing, but it doesn't just talk about singing, it talks about how it should be something that we should be doing with the people that we share our day-to-day lives with. So in a minute, we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians and chapter 3. So if you want to put a finger in Colossians chapter 3. Now Colossians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians living in a small city called Colossae. Um, He starts out his letter by encouraging them and reminding them as to who Jesus is. Um, And I highly recommend you have a read of this when you go home, because we've not got time to do it now. But Colossians chapter 1 talks all about the supremacy of Christ. It's fantastic. But we're going to be picking up this letter a bit further on in Colossians chapter 3, where Paul is now beginning to appeal to the Christians in Colossae to live as those who are made alive in Christ. And it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now Paul clearly understands the benefits of singing together, and as he demonstrates in verse 16, Singing enables us to have the message of Christ dwell among us richly. It enables us to express our gratitude to God. And singing is a way that we can teach one another and admonish or look out for one another. So obviously, in order for us to be able to do this, we need to be singing with the people that we share our day-to-day lives with. And what I want to do over the course of the next 20 minutes or so is just look at three main points covering the benefits of singing in our day-to-day lives and how singing and music can impact and the people that we share our lives with. But before we do that, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just want to thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to sing, but more importantly, that you have given us something to sing about. Lord, we want to pray this morning that you would give us hearts and minds that are open to what you have to say to us. 
Lord, speak to us and change our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first point I'd like to make is singing shapes our identity. Music is all around us. It's played on the radio, it has its own channels on TV, it's in the shops that we walk into, and it's even played for hours on end as we're on hold on the phone. There's no escaping it. Music is literally everywhere. But have you ever had a situation whereby a song can come on the radio or wherever you are, and perhaps you've not heard this song in years, if not decades, but you find that you can instantly remember the song as if it was yesterday, but not only remember it, but you can still sing along to all the words? This happens to me all the time. Somewhere in my brain, I seem to have this huge amount of song lyrics stored away, ready to be called upon in years, if not decades' time. The annoying thing is, um, all those important things that I was taught at school, like Pythagoras or the periodic table, nowhere to be seen. But from the same time, I can still remember all the words to Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, or, uh, or perhaps even Wannabe by the Spice Girls. Uh, I'll, I'll show you another time. But clearly the brain, or at least my brain, has this incredible ability to retain information more easily when it's set to a tune. And because of this, learning through singing is a popular and effective teaching method that's often used, particularly with young people, but it's still relevant and practical for us, irrespective of our age today. Now, as much as my memory bank full of song lyrics is helpful for the odd pub quiz, it's helpful to sing along in the car, I do think on the whole it's pretty useless. I genuinely wish sometimes that I could swap out all of that stored information for something a little bit more beneficial. And that's where singing and listening to truth is different to any other music. There's nothing pointless about absorbing and storing the rich truth of God's word for future use. As we read in Colossians, we need to let the message of Christ dwell among us richly. And this can be done by reading, singing, and listening to psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. And because of this, We need to be intentional about what we're singing along to, what we're listening to, and when we do it. Now, Billy Graham was an amazing American evangelist who sadly died earlier this year. But he lived his life to preach the message of God to anyone and everyone who would hear him. And apparently he preached to somewhere in the region of 215 million people. So I think he knows what he's talking about. And he famously described God's word as the following. The Bible is God's love letter to us telling us not only that he loves us, but showing us what he has done to demonstrate his love. It also tells us how we should live, because God knows what is best for us, and he wants us to experience it. Never forget, the Bible is God's word, given to us so that we can know and follow him. Now, I don't know about you, but this love that Billy Graham speaks about, this guide telling me how to live my life, this is the sort of thing that I would much rather have deep within me, shaping me, and impact in my life. And singing is a great way of achieving this. The more we open ourselves up to, sing along to, and listen to truth, that the more that the words contained within the songs can become ingrained within us, just like those songs that we've not heard for years on end, but we can still recall. Singing truth feeds our souls. The Bible talks about how the word of God is like spiritual food for our souls. We can literally feast on it by singing and listening to God's truth. And the more we do this, the more it becomes a part of us and shapes our identities with truth, helping us to have an eternal perspective as we live out our day-to-day lives. But ultimately, singing truth draws us closer to God's presence and into a deeper relationship with him. Now, to give you an example of this, I want to quickly look at a couple of songs that you're probably familiar with as we do tend to sing them on a Sunday. But the great thing is, these are just two songs that I find helpful. There's so many other songs out there that contain truth 
and can suit your, your taste in music and yourself. So the first song I want to look at is called Who You Say I Am. It's from the Hillsong Worship album, uh, There Is More. And it says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. If you know Jesus this morning, if you've accepted him into your heart, then these words I've just read out, they're not just wishful thinking. They're not just nice words. They are the truth that contain in God's word of who we are as a result of God's grace. The second song I want to look at is a hymn, actually. I love hymns. Hymns contain such deep and rich truth. And one of my favorites is a hymn called Before the Throne of God Above. It was written by a lady called Charity Lee Smith all the way back in 1863. And it's written about who she is in God. And it says, my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. One with himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my saviour and my God. Again, this truth contained in the song is valid for us today. Sonia, your name is graven on God's heart. Felix, your name is written on his hands. Cammy, where's Cammy? There you are. I saw you earlier. You moved. Your soul has been purchased by Jesus' blood. Lena, your life is hidden with Christ on high. All of this truth is valid for every single one of us here who believes in Jesus. But as I say, these are just two of literally thousands upon thousands of songs that contain the truth of God's word. That same truth is available in a variety of genres, so there's something here for everyone. Can I encourage you, get listening to it, get singing it, get it into your life. The more you open yourself up to and believe the truth contained within the songs, the more it becomes ingrained within us and shapes our identities. Equally, where we share our lives with other people and have influence over other people, when we sing and listen to truth together, it can become a part of them and shape their identities too. Are we taking advantage of this in our day-to-day lives and with those that we share our lives with? My second point looks at how singing engages our emotions. Now, they say you can tell a lot about a person based upon the music that they listen to. For me, I have actually a very varied taste in music, as you can tell, from Vanilla Ice to the Spice Girls. Um, So I'm not entirely sure what that says about me. But what I often find is the music that I choose to listen to will typically depend upon the mood that I'm in at the time, and sometimes even the weather, actually. On a typical summer's day like today, when the weather's warm and sunny, I like to listen to pretty much modern music, quite upbeat music. I think I find that that type of music matches the positive mood that the weather puts me in and helps me to enjoy it all the more. Alternatively, in the winter months, when it's cold and it's a bit wet, or if perhaps I'm just feeling a bit tired, I find that I prefer to listen to slower, more chilled music, sometimes even older music. I just feel that it's more comforting, almost warming on those days where the weather weather isn't at its best, or perhaps I'm feeling less energised. As I've been preparing for today, I've actually listened to a lot of classical music. I find classical music helps me to concentrate and not get distracted. 
But music can be so powerful as it isn't just about what we hear or sing along to. Music has the ability to go deeper within us and build and shape our emotions. And this is just as relevant, if not more so, when it comes to music that contains the truth of God's word. The more we open ourselves up to listen and sing along to truth and really start to believe it in our hearts, the deeper within us it goes and is able to engage our emotions. Now in the Bible, the entire book of Psalms is essentially an expression of emotion to God. It's written by various different writers across 150 different poems, hymns and petitions. And many of these psalms were written actually to be sung to music or mentioned singing within them. Psalm 57 says, My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. God is looking for worshippers. As David, the writer of this psalm, says, I will sing and make music. I will praise you, Lord. Now, like David, we need to respond to the experience of God's love by worshipping him with every gift that we have. But not just privately, but also publicly. As it said in verse 9, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. And equally, not just when we're feeling like it, but steadfastly. Verse 7 said, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. We need to be singing in the difficult times as well as the good. As Tom did a fantastic job last week of highlighting how the different psalms speak to the different seasons of our lives, we can do the same as the psalmists. We can sing when everything is going great, but equally we can sing when it's not, and we can sing at every moment in between. If you're struggling to know what to sing during the different seasons of your life, can I encourage you to read and sing the psalms? God wants us to be real with him. He doesn't want us to pretend that everything is fine when it isn't. He wants to hear the cry of our hearts so that we can draw close to him whilst it's uh, even in our times of distress and suffering. I know in my own life recently, whilst this is a, a long way from distress or suffering, but I have been going through a bit of a tough time in my job. And it's mainly, mainly due to the culture that exists within the company I work for. I only joined them about a year ago, but sadly it wasn't long before I discovered that there's an awful lot of pressure there and a lot of blame that comes with it. Now this has meant that for me it's not something that I particularly enjoy getting out of bed for in the morning to go into. But what, what has really helped me each day is the ability to listen to worship music, both on my way into work and equally at my desk. In doing so, I'm able to absorb that rich truth contained within the songs, which helps bring me that right perspective that, in spite of all that negativity that surrounds me, I am loved by God, and one day I'll be with him for all eternity. And by reminding myself of this truth, it engages and changes my emotions and it turns my attention away from that negativity to instead want to worship him for who I am in Christ. And the best thing is, I'm able to worship him. Even though I sit at a desk in the middle of this large open plan office, I'm still able to worship him. Because it's not my voice that needs to sing to God, but my soul within me expressing praise and thankfulness to him. If there are difficult situations and scenarios in your life, where you find you're unable to sing to God due to your circumstances or your surroundings. Or perhaps it's not your surroundings, but for whatever reason, you just don't feel that you can sing aloud to God. Allow your soul within you to sing to him whatever it is that's on your heart. He can still hear you, even when it's not your heart, sorry, when it's not your voice that's expressing it. 
And that's one of the most incredible things about knowing God. It's not just a one-way relationship. God loves us and wants to spend time with us and connect with us. When we stop and remember who God is and what he's done, when we really grasp his holiness, it's a reminder of how privileged we are to know God and enter into his presence. Psalm 84 contains the following. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Verse 4 says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And then later on in verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. But incredibly, through the grace of God, we have unlimited access to God's presence day after day after day. Unlimited access to know his presence, unlimited access to know and receive his love, his forgiveness, his grace and his mercy. Are we taking advantage of God's access in our day-to-day lives? Are we taking advantage of the use of music and singing to enter into his presence, to express our emotions to him when things are great, when they're not, and everything in between? And are we benefiting from music and singing to encourage those that we share our lives with, to help them engage and express their own emotions to God? And finally, my last point, I want to look at more specifically how we can sing with the people that we share our lives with. If we believe that singing can shape our identities with truth, that it engages our emotions, and if we want to take Paul seriously when he instructs us to teach and admonish one another through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, we need to sing with the people that we share our lives with. Now, it's great that we have the opportunity to gather together every Sunday to sing songs and enjoy God's presence, but singing shouldn't be something that we only do once a week on a Sunday morning. We need to be singing in our day-to-day lives, both on our own and with those that we share our lives with. The more we do this, the more it links our personal home with our church home. It trains us. It trains our family and our friends to sing and to sing well when we gather together as a church. It trains our children to adopt singing as a part of the culture that they're going to grow up in and they're going to set for future generations. And it trains and prepares us for our future home when one day we will gather with all the saints to worship God in glory forever. Now, there are obviously relationships where singing together is a bit more natural than others. For example, parents teaching their children about God through singing. I'm going to touch on this a little bit in a minute. But not all of us are in that position, or even if we are, the command is still relevant to all of our other relationships also. So to close, I want to share with you eight short practical ideas that can help us adopt a culture of singing in our own lives and with those that we share our lives with. So to start with, as I've mentioned, I'm going to, I've got one for parents with kids. So number one, teach your kids songs you want them to grow old with. As I mentioned earlier, we want to teach our kids these songs because it travels deeper inside of them than what it would be if we only spoke it to them. So if you are a parent, why not create a playlist of the sort of songs that you want them to grow up with and get them listening to it around the home? If your kids are young, sing with them. Get that singing culture within them from a young age. Sing with them when they're getting ready in the morning. Sing with them when you're preparing meals. Sing with them before bedtime, before meals. Sing with them in the car. Let's get that culture of singing within them from a young age. Now, I understand it's going to be different if you've got older kids, teenagers, for example, in which case it might be easier just to play music initially. Um, But just get the music played when you're spending time together as families, when you're having a meal together, when you've got family time, for example. But if you do listen to music or if you're singing music, consider the sort of songs that they're going to enjoy. So as John mentioned earlier, a number of our young people are away at New Day this week. 
where they'll be having incredible times of worship with music that's relevant to them. Perhaps when they return home, get the New Day album on around the house so it becomes a part of them and it continues that experience. There's so many other sources available as well. As Tom mentioned last week, you can get on YouTube, you can get on Spotify. There's so much music available out there. Number two, be aware of the music that you are listening to. Now, where music has the ability to go deep within us, we need to be conscious of and able to discern the message contained within the song lyrics that we're hearing. And the same is true for those that we share our lives with, be they children or anyone else. Is the music you listen to helpful for them, or are you aware of the message contained within the music that they're listening to and how it may be shaping their identity? A great way of doing this is my next point, which is number three. Talk about what the songs mean and why you sing. Discuss with those that you share your life with the messages contained within the songs you or they are listening to. This enables you to encourage and reinforce truth if it's present or introduce it if it's not. I also think it's helpful for for us to take time to discuss why we sing, what happens when we sing, and how we can use singing to serve one another. Number four, encourage one another. I know it sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but... When you hear someone sing in any setting, whether they've got an incredible voice or a dreadful voice, let's encourage one another. We all know singing can be quite a daunting thing, but perhaps your encouragement will boost someone's confidence enough to hear them step out more and develop that gift further. Parents, if your kids display an interest or a gift for music or singing, encourage them to develop it further. Now, this may mean lots of lots of noise coming from their bedroom for years on end. It may mean countless lifts to music practice or band practice, whatever it may be. But who knows, the more you encourage that, the more that gift could develop so that it can benefit them for the rest of their lives. It can benefit those around them. And then who knows, perhaps even one day it can benefit the church. One of the other things I've really noticed recently is how people are sharing songs and lyrics over social media and WhatsApp groups specifically. I've observed it. I've just thought that's such a great way of encouraging this culture of singing and listening to music. So let's do that more. Number five, learn to enjoy different styles of music. If we want to be a church that represents the diversity in which we exist around this community, or if we want to be a church that represents the diversity that will exist when we get to heaven, then we need to be a church that learns to enjoy other styles of music. Now, we already have a number of different nationalities and languages here in New Community. Why don't we take the opportunity to speak to one another and understand how singing and music forms a part of the different cultures? Number six, prepare for Sunday services. Now, I understand sometimes it's really hard to get to the meeting. Trust me, with four young children, I know exactly what that's like. So I thought it might be helpful just to share some tips that might be helpful in how to prepare to meet with God on a Sunday morning that you can do during the week or you can do before you leave your house on a Sunday morning. So to start with, try playing music whilst you have breakfast together. You can sing or you can pray in the shower or whilst you're getting ready. You can sing the truth that engages your emotions. You can pray to God and express how you're feeling. Or you can pray and ask him to meet with you in worship or perhaps even give you something to share when we get together. Try singing and worshipping during your week in the same way that an athlete would train for a main event. And parents, why don't we play music at home so that our kids recognise the songs when they come on a Sunday morning and feel more familiar? Number seven, model passionate participation in meetings. Seeing someone engaging in worship and expressing their passion for God is so inspiring and it encourages the rest of us to do the same. If you have a gift for music or a gift for singing, Sundays are a great opportunity for you to exercise this. 
So please do feel free to, to step out if you've got that gift and express it in our meetings together on a Sunday morning. And again, parents, if you want your kids to understand the importance of worship and to one day be passionate worshippers themselves, then they need to see you modelling this to them. And finally, number eight, use all the help and opportunities you can get. Sing on your own. Look for opportunities when you can sing and listen to music in your day-to-day lives. As I said earlier, in the shower, when you're driving, as you're hoovering, whatever it may be, let's be people who sing throughout our days. Sing with the people that you share your life with. Sing at home with your family. Sing when you gather with your midweek communities. Or perhaps just get together with some friends and spend some time singing together. Alternatively, you can try playing music in the background and try talking about what the message of the songs are and be open to singing if you feel comfortable doing so. Or as I said earlier, if your surroundings or your circumstances prevent you from singing or listening to music, let your soul sing within you. God doesn't need to hear your physical voice. He can still hear what's on your heart when your soul sings out to him. Now we're going to get back together now to spend some time worshipping. And this is a chance for us to declare the truth of God's word and express our thankfulness to him. So, Lauren, do you want to come back up? As these guys are getting ready, I just also want to say, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, all of this incredible truth and love that I've spoken about this morning and read out, whilst this is true for me and it shapes my identity, it can also be true for you and shape yours. It doesn't matter about your background. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from. God's same love and promises are available for you this morning. He wants to have a relationship with you. If you felt any sort of desire to know God and receive his love in your own life this morning, can I encourage you, don't leave this place without speaking to someone this morning. I'd happily have a conversation with you. Come and speak to me afterwards or speak to whoever it was that you came with or someone that you feel comfortable talking to. But we'd love the opportunity to speak to you this morning and tell you more about God's love and how it's open to you also. But for all of us here, once our meeting finishes and we all go home back to our day-to-day lives, please don't let that be the end of your singing until next Sunday. This week, why don't we try singing around our home, singing in our day-to-day lives and singing with the people that we share our lives with. Fantastic. Why don't we stand, guys? John's brilliantly led us in why we should sing and how we should sing and some, I think, fantastic encouragement and practical application for us. So we're going to come back together. We're going to sing. We're going to expect God to speak to us, to hear his voice. Um, If you've got anything that you want to bring, feel free to bring it, come through me or bring it from where you are. But let's just enjoy his presence. God wants to meet with you and we should want to meet with him because of who he is. So let's come together, let's praise him, let's worship him, and let's enjoy him.